Next on BYU Sports Nation, NFL Hall of Famer and BYU legend Steve Young talks the evolution of Cougar football. We'll play Friday quarterback with one of the greatest to ever throw the pigskin. Former All-Pro NFL tight end Chad Lewis makes his BYU Sports Nation debut. We'll get a sideline perspective of the current Cougar scheme. He'll tell us how the tight end position reemerges in the BYU offense. Plus, college football experts clash over the strength of BYU's schedule. Is it not good enough? We embrace debate on our Friday Bash. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. It is Friday, September 13th, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Hey, nothing scary about this Friday the 13th, Jerem. No, this is awesome today. An all-pro show today, literally. Steve Young, Chad Lewis, headlining a banner, BYU Sports Nation Rundown. How do you feel about it? I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. Uh. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I did not anticipate that. It must be, it must be Friday. It's a Friday. It's J-Dog Friday. It is J-Dog's Friday. If you're not familiar with J-Dog's, uh, incredible success story here in the Provo, Utah area. A uh, kid launches a hot dog stand, and now it has become a phenomenon. In fact, our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner, uh, who spent a lot of time at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, I went there yesterday with him, so it will be J-Dog's Thursday and Friday for me. He said it's the best hot dog he's ever eaten. Wow. And that's an East Coast guy. And you know what we want to know throughout the season? As BYU goes to different road games, we want the fans in that area to weigh in on the best J-Dog type spot in that city. That way, Cougar fans that go to that game, they know. So we want once we get to the road games a little bit. It starts with Logan. What's the J Dogs equivalent in Logan? What's the J Dog equivalent in Houston and Reno and all that? I think our producer Ben Bagley can help us out with uh, with the Logan connection. Yeah, that's right. He's from Cache Valley. But yeah, Houston. I mean, uh, we asked the question in Virginia, South Bend, South Bend Madison, Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. We want to know where to go get food. J Dog Friday. That is how you open BYU Sports Nation on Friday the thirteenth. Make the sound, Jerem. Thank you. Okay, if you're new to the program, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. You can also catch the show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. That is how you listen, my friends. And this is how you get directly involved in the conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. Today's question inspired by events that will unfold in College Station, Texas this Saturday. Raining the biggest high... game in the history of mankind. SSO being hyped by the worldwide leader <laughs> in sports. Reigning Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Manziel, a.k.a. Johnny Football, taking broadcast sports to another dimension. He will have a camera dedicated to him for the duration of the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Now enter Jerem with the question. Which BYU football personality would you dedicate? Uh, okay, which BYU player or coach would you want a camera focused on throughout an entire game? Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. Taysom Hill, Kyle Van Noy, Jamal Williams, or Bronco Mendenhall? The poll results right now Kyle Van Noy, 69%, followed by Jamal Williams, Bronco, and then Taysom. Taysom at 2%, by the way. Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. Also, tweet us your opinion who and why. At BYU Sports Nation. We've had a plethora of tweets already. Yeah, we'll tackle the the Johnny Manziel uh, camera situation in just a moment. And that brings me to this. Rise and shout. It's time for what's trending topic number one. 
Week schedule? When we talk week schedule, what we mean is Graham Watson of Yahoo Sports was on BYU Sports Nation yesterday, and she talked about BYU's schedule being uh, needs to be stronger. It's not as strong as it should be. Wait, which, what? Which surprised what? us. BYU fans, uh, we've been discussing, you know, BYU Sports Nation has been discussing the fact that this is the strongest schedule in BYU history. Strong, not in that it has three teams in the top ten and it's tough that way, but that the whole schedule, there's only two kind of gimme games on it. There's ten games that BYU really has, you know, they got to bring it. At Houston, Houston was really good a couple years ago. They have struggled last year, uh, but it's still a quality program. Uh, and it's a road game, and it's at an NFL stadium, why not? Virginia, that's a game BYU lost. BYU thought they were going to go and win that. It's a really strong schedule. But Graham Watson argued the other way. We were surprised by that. Yeah, she said that it was strong, but essentially not strong enough if BYU wants to get to that top tier of college football to be on the national scene at all times. Agree or disagree? I with disag- this year's schedule. With this year's schedule, I disagree. I mean, look at the other teams Playing in the Big Ten, in the SEC. They still have cupcake games. Do they not? Indiana. Who did Wisconsin open Purdue, the season with? Tennessee Tech? And UMass. UMass. Oh. Let's look at Hold no- the phone. Let's look at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, uh, Temple. Let, let, okay, let's talk weakest and then strongest. Temple. Purdue's not anything to write home about anymore. Air, Air Force is okay. Air Force is actually not a great team this year. Navy. Okay, Pitt. But then then there are a lot of there is a lot of strength. Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Arizona State's a rising team. USC's not the same. Stanford, top five team. That's a better schedule than BYU's. But it's not crazy better. Not that much better. If BYU's is a is a seven, that's a that's a eight and a half. Yeah, while Graham Watson made that argument and granted she brings a national perspective that allows BYU fans to open up their minds and see essentially what the world sees, uh, those high-profile media personalities anyway. But Trevor Maddich of ESPN, notable ESPN college football expert. And a former Cougar. Former BYU Cougar, national champion. Also uh, joining us for Maddich Monday, next Monday. He would argue the other way, and uh, he had this to say on Monday. Well, it gives them a chance to get back into the conversation and especially the way their schedule shakes out. You know, losing to Virginia kind of bounced them off of people's hopes that, that we could talk about them nationally. And stomping Texas to the degree that they did puts them right back there. Now all of a sudden, the schedule shakes out so that they've got some games that are winnable. And then they play another couple of tough games with Georgia Tech and Boise State in October. Then they get through that, and they've got Wisconsin and Notre Dame in November. And so if they can now continue to improve, then all of a sudden BYU has a chance to be in the conversation in November. This generated some serious BYU banter on the social media networks yesterday. BYU's schedule not being strong enough. Trevor Maddich says it's just the way it needs to be if BYU wants to make a run at more consistent national prominence. Graham Watson says they need to go out and find tougher opponents. No more Middle Tennessee. No more Houston. No more Nevada. You're always going to have those on your schedule. You need a couple of those. Bronco Mendenhall at one point said something to the effect of, and this is me trying to remember paraphrasing, that you want, 
he there were a certain amount of games that you wanted against elite teams, you know, good teams, and then more winnable games. There's there's a formula to this. You don't want to stack it so much that you go three and nine, but you played this super challenging schedule. You want to be able to go to a bowl game. Yet you need enough on this schedule where if those teams are peaking, that you're considered an elite you have an elite strength of schedule. Unfortunately, Wisconsin uh, and Boise State are not as good as they've been the last couple of years. But what if what if they turn the the page and they are better this year? Then Graham Watson, I think, sees that this schedule is indeed really good. But Houston's down; they're not the same. Virginia's a lower echelon ACC team, so I can kind of see both ways. And that's what we're hoping to get on this show: get national perspective from people like Graham Watson, Trevor Maddich. We'll ask Steve Young in a few minutes what. The nation perceives BYU, not just here in Utah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're about. We keep it real. In just minutes, Chair mentioned Steve Young will join BYU Sports Nation. Find out his thoughts on the evolution of BYU football and where he sees Taysom Hill at the end of the 2013 season. Steve Young in about 15 minutes. We move now to topic number two, star power. Snap count for Ash. In some trouble. Van Noy gets him. Kyle Van Noy showed up in a huge way against Texas, and more importantly, he did it with the national spotlight on him. ESPN2 primetime game Saturday night. Graham Watson, again, of Yahoo Sports, spoke with us yesterday. She talked about BYU needing those top-tier athletes to make a name for the program. And immediately... Jeremy, your, your mind and my mind, we went to Jimmer. Jimmer for dead. It's the Jimmer effect. And I couldn't agree more. BYU has to have incredible athletes to keep the program talked about. And Kyle Van Noy is going to be revel- relevant, I think, regardless of whether BYU wins or not. It's, it's like Jimmer. BYU ended up being a really good team. They were ranked as high as number three in the season. We're a three seed. So they were relevant. Most of that was because you had a star player who made you good. But an individual can put you on the map. There are times where an individual is on a team and excels, and it certainly boosts that person's um, PR possibilities if your team is winning. But if, Kyle, if BYU can win, then Kyle Van Noy is going to be considered a top five defensive player. It just Winning just helps everything. But Kyle Van Noy is something I had not thought about in terms of relevance nationally for BYU. Not only is it win and you become relevant nationally, for BYU, but Kyle Van Noy can pop up nationally. And what did Ziggy do at the end of the year? That's an eight-win BYU team, but people knew who Ziggy was, and he ended up being drafted fifth. He didn't start the season, and he doesn't play if Ethan Manu Maliuna doesn't go out with an injury. Amazing! It, it makes a difference. One thing I was thinking about: Jimmer Fredette played the majority of his games on the mountain. If you're not in Utah or not very familiar with the Mountain West Conference and that whole TV contract situation, it was almost impossible to find his games on TV. Yet, he transcended that and became a nationwide phenomenon. Star power matters. Yes, and it it still bugs me a little bit. Dennis Pitta should have been the Mackey Award winner for best tight end at 09. But because of BYU's TV contract situation, he wasn't seen as much. Uh, Johnny Harleen was not seen as much. And so some of those awards that BYU may have garnered uh, now on this kind of stage that BYU's on, they don't. But now that BYU has the stage, you've got to win to maintain relevance. And that's where BYU sits out of, in the bye week preparing for Utah. 
Topic number three. Here's looking at you, kid. Now Taysom runs out of trouble and runs into the end zone. 151 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the first half. In the spirit of Johnny Football, a.k.a. Johnny Manziel, really he's become Johnny Football more than Johnny Manziel, the Texas A&M quarterback reigning Heisman Trophy winner, uh, we asked you a question today about, and this spans off of the broadcast now dedicating a camera the entire Alabama-Texas A&M game to Johnny Manziel. Johnny Cam. Let me explain this for a sec. I don't think that, and maybe I'm wrong, that CBS is going to do a picture-in-picture where you see him at every second. BYU TV on our replay, our rebroadcast, the BYU TV game day replay, we could do a camera on whoever we want the whole game. We could do it. Don't need to ask. You have cameras up. We have, I think, 12 to 14 cameras in there. We could just do that. The difference here is that I think they're going to cut to it a lot more. You're going to see Johnny Manziel a lot more than you normally would. So the, so the thing here is, it, and the Longhorn Network, they did this director's chair thing where they showed the live ESPN2 broadcast, and then they had picture-in-picture six different camera angles that you were watching, one of which was on Mac Brown, the head coach for Texas. But Mac Brown said, as long as you don't show me signaling in plays in and out, I'm fine. So the cameraman had to, or woman, had to get off Mac Brown. So for this, if you could watch a guy the whole time, if you could have him ISO'd with that in mind, who would you want it to be? How, who, who, do you, who would you want it to be of the four choices we've given? Hill, Vanoy, Williams, Mendenhall. You know what? Honestly, I, I like the perspective because BYU's defense has been so dynamic and because Kyle Vanoy really is a star of that outstanding defensive front seven, I, I would have to say Kyle Vannoy. I, w- I would like to see what Kyle Vannoy sees and see how he gets to the quarterback and, and to the ball the way he does. I agree. Um, I, I would want to see him. Bronco doesn't give me enough during the game to get excited about it, unless it's a F- Boise State dance or the uh, you know the the arm extended uh, in the fist, you know, pound at the end. We got that defense. a couple of times against Texas. Yeah, he got excited. He got amped. It's like a variation of the Tiger Woods fist pump, <laughs> yeah. but it just stays there. Let's it's get, like let's resolute. Get, let's get to the tweets and see what uh, people think. Uh, at wish you were there, he said. Uh, in reference to who who he'd want, he said, none. I want it on the, they're not in the afternoon anymore guy. It's not in the afternoons anymore. What did he say? It's not in the afternoons anymore. Yeah. What the? That was last year at the Big Blue Bash in Salt Lake City, a BYU fan asking Bronco Mendenhall a question, complaining that the games are so late now. <laughs> so, at wish you were there. Yeah. The, they're not in the afternoon anymore guy. If that guy's listening... We, you know, we should give him him a rise and shout. I wish the games were in the afternoon so I could go home and watch some college football. (laughs) What other tweets? Oh, at CG4BYU. Anai, speaking of offensive coordinator Robert Anai, the guy has fire coming out of his mouth at times. Awesome. At Harper underscore Inc. KVN03, baby. That'd be unreal. Going along with what we just talked about. At BYU to NFL. No doubt, because a normal camera can't keep up with that speed, ball hawk, I'd love to see a helmet cam on Van Noy and Williams. That would be fun. A helmet cam on them, that's next level. That'd be sweet. At Sean T54, Wani Unga, middle linebacker for BYU, right in the middle of that defense. That'd be sweet. Hey, Unga's been a pleasant surprise, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, you shouldn't say surprise. I think everyone in BYU well, on that team knew what he could do. Well, he only had a handful of tackles last year, so now he's 
stepping into that role. He's done a nice job. At dbrand24. I mean, I imagine most would say this, but KVN for sure. Next would be Unga or Manu Malayuna, but I believe Methuselah. it's, it's yeah, Manu, Manu Malathuzaya. It's Manu Malayuna. in reference to how long he's been here, I think, is what he's going for. <laughs> At Doll 19 easily KVN. The man lines up all over the place and can't help but make plays. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy getting some more. Uh, at Justin D. Sweeney, definitely at J. Swag Daddy. Jamal that is Williams. Jamal Williams. At F. Uh, Ruiz 08, none. But how about Dr. and I? Hey, you know, I... I he gets I, fired I, up. I wouldn't complain about that. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, Steve Young joins the show. How his experience at BYU relates to Taysom Hill's experience. Reaction to that record-setting win over Texas from Mr. Young and how BYU gets better now. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation on the home of the BYU Cougars. BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. You can follow us on Twitter at Jerem Jordan and at Spencer underscore Linton and join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Steve Young is a pro football Hall of Famer, NFL MVP, and Super Bowl MVP. The former BYU quarterback played 15 seasons in the NFL, most of them with the San Francisco 49ers, and now works as an analyst for ESPN. We are extremely grateful to have the one and only Steve Young with us. Steve, how's it going today? Great. How are you guys doing? Good morning. We're doing well. Uh, let's get right I know, to it. It's a, good week. it's a good week to talk BYU football. Absolutely it Absolutely. is. And, and on that note, Steve, just give us your general observations from the ever-changing landscape of Cougar football on that offense and what you saw and liked against Texas. I know. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time for football. And it's in the pro game, too. I was at the Monday night game between the Eagles and, and Redskins, and we saw what uh, the Eagles did with Chip Kelly's offense. We always, at the 49ers through the years, we always wanted to be fast. We wanted to get plays. I, I was always wanting to get in and out of the huddle as fast as possible uh, to put pressure on defenses. But I'm seeing what they're doing uh, with uh, you know, the read option, with the pistol that the Redskins run, making the quarterback be the 11th possible attacker on uh, uh, carrying the football, and what that's doing to defenses, I'm kind of appalled. I can't believe it. I can't believe that, you know, two years ago in the NFL, I'm getting to college here in a second, but I'm going to show you how much it's affecting everything. A couple of years ago, you remember the Amoeba defenses where people are just roaming around and safeties were blitzing from all over the place and young quarterbacks are just throwing their hands up in the air and there's only two or three guys, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, could even figure it out. You know, suddenly, uh, Michael Vick after the game, I said, Michael, you know, you guys are running plays so fast. Uh, you know how you know do you do, how do you deal with reading the defense? Because a lot of times you got to get set so they can get set so you can look at them and then you can you know make your judgment. And uh, and he said, I don't look. <laughs> you know, generally he just doesn't even look. So that that's an amazing statement for what pro football in the past. You know, the quarterbacks have had to deal with so much information and and so much in, uh, uh, um, uh, technical difficulty. And to have a, a wrinkle in, uh, in this offense and, and, and speed and then also with the read option and, and have the quarterback be the guy that could carry the football out of the huddle has ch- really changed the pro game. So in college, you know, I, gotta, I know that this is something that's and it's going to stay because 11, I, I was, I, my opinion before was that it wasn't, but, but it is because 
as long as you're willing to risk the, the 11th guy, as long as you're willing to risk your quarterback. And the pros, that could be a problem in the long run, but in college, it's just not a factor. And so what I love about the, about the game is that it makes defenses uh, vanilla. And, and so what I saw the Cougars, first game, I got to tell you, it was so frenetic that even if you didn't look, it didn't see, it just, maybe you can get to that time, place where you literally don't, you know, you, you know, down the road, you can get that fast. But I just felt like first time out of the gate, like the, like the Eagles did. And then Chip Kelly asked him before the game, I go, well, how fast do you want to go? He goes, you know what? It's not, I'm really not trying to go fast. I'm just trying to get a pace. You know, it's not like I want to go faster, 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 faster. And so it's interesting for the Cougars. First game, I felt like it was just like, how fast can we possibly go? And that was the goal. And then in the last week, I felt like there was a little bit more, okay, let's find our own pace. And I thought that really helped. I'm sorry for the long answer. No, not, no, uh, no problem at no, all. It's all good. Steve Young joining BYU Sports Nation right now here with Jeremy Jordan and Spencer Linton. Steve, when BYU went through its, its passing kind of revolution and was in a similar situation maybe a couple of years prior to what we're at in terms of comparing where BYU was in the game compared to everyone's kind of caught on to this uh, go fast, go hard, what comparisons can you draw on where you were a quarterback in the middle of kind of an, an offensive revolution in the 80s? Yeah, well, we really were one of the rare teams that was thrown, really committed to throwing the football. And, uh, and so when we play teams, they were literally, you could see the frustration. Uh, we'd throw the football, defensive linemen would scream and yell, hold the ball, you know, because they couldn't, they couldn't get to it. The ball was coming out so quickly. Um, you know, de- defensive backs didn't really have a sense of how to cover the slant and the back. That they were just very frustrating. And, and we, we were talented, but compared to some of the bigger teams we played, UCLA, and you know, if, you, if you lined up all the athletic talent, we probably wouldn't have matched up, but we were beating them on tactics. And so I think this some, uh, that's very similar here. Um, and what's nice about this offense, uh, similar to what the Eagles, you know, when I was talking about the Eagles guys on Monday night, they ran for 250 yards. They only threw for 203. But it was an explosive offense. That's the unique part of this go fast, go hard, is that it, it can expand. You know, your running game, we saw that last week. I mean, when you're, throw, when you're throwing for 650, it seems explosive. When you're running for 650, come on. That's ridiculous. That's just craziness. And so uh, I think that's why this, 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 this offense has the potential. And that's why you know, now we get to the root of it with, this, with Taysom because in the end, it's the guy, it's the 11th guy. And then can he throw you the ball? Can he throw well enough to really kind of threaten and take advantage of the of the the, uh, the disconnect the defense is going to have trying to deal with everything, and uh, and so you know and then also does he have the legs and the and the and the, and the long you know you don't want a frail guy going out there and being the eleventh guy you want a guy that can really you know can really run the football so I think that's why Taysom is so tantalizing in the last week so much fun because you know I, I texted. Uh, Tom Homo about halftime. I'm going, okay, so let's run it. You know, <laughs> like, okay, let's do it. And uh, and they did. So it's, that's what's interesting about this version of of of, uh, of the uh, you know the, the uh, a new wrinkle, a new new uh, a new offense, and it, it doesn't have to be just whipping the ball around, which is nice. BYU fans love to reminisce, Steve, as you know very well. And already the comparisons have uh, started between you and Taysom. Do you see much of your game in Taysom Hill right now? What's your take? I've I got to be honest with you. And it started last year when I went to the Redskins game uh, with RG3 when he came out. And they ran a pistol. 
I'm like, where was that? What? What? This is not hard. You know? <laughs> what? 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 I need. When I was in Tampa Bay, give me the pistol. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, and so, I, 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 you know, I, there's no question that. Now, Taysom, I, I got to tell you, I think he weighs a little bit more than I did. Um, probably a little stronger, but uh, as far as just running around and speed and and uh, and uh, you know that kind of a thing, certainly I you know I, I when I met him earlier in, uh, in the year um, and we got chatting from what he had done last year, I just even when he was in Boise, when he played against Boise State, I just uh, he came out and struggled, struggled, and all of a sudden you can see it kind of click in his head. Hey, wait a second, I can do this, and then he became very quickly within the game a huge threat. To the point, to the end of the game, I was convinced, even in the last couple of series, that he was the reason why we were going to win the game. So I had, that's the kind of transition I really believed in his ability, and that's why this year I was so excited. But, you know, so hopefully he'll continue to develop, and this, this you know, whatever they're doing, this go fast, go hard, will be a great bridge just so he can start throwing it around even more and more effectively. But right now, clearly, that doesn't need to weigh that. Just, that shouldn't weigh him down. I mean, that's there's no reason for him to be throwing 40 times a game. He's not ready to do that. We're talking with Steve Young here on BYU Sports Nation. What kind of relationship, Steve, do you have with Taysom Hill? I know you met him at Football Media Day. Do you, do you have his number? Do you communicate with him? Yep, we got a number. Texted him uh, with trade checks. We've talked a couple of times. Uh, met a couple of times at. Uh, um, uh, different places. I, I, I met him uh, in the airport, and we chatted for a little while. So, you know, I've told Tom and I've told Coach, look, you know, and so he and I text back and forth, make sure that um, after the game, I told him what a tremendous effort that was, and, and uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm open to helping however I possibly can. But I mean, again, there's not much I can do other than just you know, out of boys and way to go kind of thing. I think the fact that you're talking at Taysom Hill brings a sense of peace and calm to much of BYU Sports Nation, knowing that he's got a mentor like you helping him out when he can. Uh, uh, well, I, I, okay. <laughs> Steve, the mechanics of throwing are naturally a bit of a concern for Taysom right now. Uh, we've heard that he's he's rushing it a little bit. We talked to quarterbacks coach Jason Beck, says he just needs to square his shoulders, square his feet a little bit more. What have you yeah. seen, and how can Taysom improve in a hurry in the passing game? Well, I think it is the frenetic pace. I think creates frenet, you know, kind of frenetic behavior, and so I think within the context, and that's why I like what they did last week a little more, and what I compared to what the Eagles did Monday night. They were fast, but it was a calm nature of the fast. It wasn't. I didn't get a sense that the the behavior was frenetic. The pace was, and so that's what I think will help Jason is find a pace that's pretty quick, but yet to you. Your body's not overwrought. Your mind is not overwrought. And I think that's just going to be reps and time. And, and so that's why it's so vital. That's why it hurts. The Virginia game hurts so badly is because we, know, we didn't know what we were doing, really. I mean, we just started out first game on the road and kind of a big-name opponent, and we had it. You know what I mean? We were going to get away with it. You know what I mean? We need, that's why those ones are particularly painful because there's going to be a growing pains through this. And, and if you win through the growing pains, it's like, it's wonderful. Um, uh, so I think that this is going to be him just calming down. I thought he threw the ball well last year. That's why I sense that he can do this. I don't want him to get too strong. Bill Walsh always said, you know, people, older people like me would know the difference here. Ken Norton was a great boxer, and Muhammad Ali was a great boxer. And, and Bill Walsh would say, I want my quarterbacks to look like Muhammad Ali, <laughs> you know, not like Ken Norton. You don't want a big 
bulked up, you know, bench presser to play quarterback. Uh, and so that's the, the thing, you know, Tatum is a strong guy, but let's, you know, make sure that he's not too strong, you know, because there's, there's, a, there's, um, uh, there's really, um, yeah, throwing the football is an art and it's got, it's, you know, it's the end of the fingertips connected to your brain and how those, you know, that's how I describe, you know, uh, accuracy. And so the, the, the less things that are in the way of the, your fingertips and your brain kind of kind of find that perfect angle i think he can do it he can throw the football just make sure he gets more reps and uh and doesn't get to, to me he doesn't get too strong just because i think um you don't want to get too bulked up chatting with steve young here on byu sports nation steve a lot of the texas win was more about texas than it was byu what does byu need to do the rest of the season and was caught what is kyle van Noy and Taysom hill these guys need to do to stay relevant nationally in your mind well, okay I, and then that's what i'm really focused on right because i hate to kind of I'm going to step back now, and the ESPN relationship is what is our, you know, kind of our lifeblood. Mm-hmm. And so when we are when we're on TV, we need to we need to play good football. We don't have to win all the time. We need to play good football, and we need to be exciting. People signed up BYU for for excitement, and so when we're losing seven to six, or you know, not you know, great defense is great. We need to keep it. I got. I'm I'm counting on Kyle and everybody else to play every week. Great defense while Taysom and everybody else gets up to a new offense, new, new personnel, gets up to speed and all those things, you can see that it can be explosive. It's exciting to think about. But we've got to go week to week. We've got to pack our defense. And we've got to keep people under two, three scores max. And then as we get going to spread out, but in the big picture, you know, we really do need to have this offense kind of grow into something that, that uh, week to week people look forward to seeing, uh, look forward to you know, when it's on ESPN2 or ESPNU, that, uh, you know, it's BYU's on. You know, let's go, let's see this fast and, you know, go fast, go hard kind of thing. And so that's, that's important, you know, especially in independence. We know that. We know that uh, we're on our own and we're going to make our own way. And no one's afraid of it. But uh, one, of the, one of the things we need to really focus on, I'm sure, well, of course we are, but is to, to make sure that we're an exciting product for ESPN. Talking to Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation right now. Steve, last question for you. You've lived the BYU-Utah rivalry. You've been around it for a long time. What do you anticipate this year before the two teams take a two-year hiatus and then won't play again until 2016? I know. This consolidation and conference moves and everything else is really just, you know, you can't imagine. If you had said 10 years ago that BYU and Utah wouldn't play, (laughs) <laughs> that's impossible. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That's not. That's not. That's not fat. No one could fathom that. And here we are, uh, there already. Um, there's no question that Utah, uh, uh, rightfully so, is is completely focused on their conference. The BYU game means a lot. There's no question. But boy, they've got they've got their own problems to perform in the Pac-12 and and to do their part. So that you know that the, the rivalry will always be there. But when you're in the same conference, it's always a little bit more heated. Um, but I, you know, I, I look forward to figuring out uh, how this plays out in the next 10, 15 years. Maybe even the next year. Who knows how this is going to go? People talk about super conferences, and if it goes to 16, you know, I think that music needs to stop at BYU somewhere. Um, but if it stays the way it is, the landscape, then we'll make our way. Uh, but the the rivalry with Utah, um, we got to get back to that. You know, we got to have that game. I mean, the truth is, underneath the rivalry. Um, there was no better friend through the Mountain West years and then back into the whack in the conference, you know, with conference politics and conference, you know, meetings and how things worked. There was no better friend that BYU had than Utah, and that's the fact. 
And so when Utah went to the Pac-12, it really did affect our relationship in the conference. And so as much as there's a rivalry and people have, you know, just remember um, for all those years in, you know, in dealing with all the other aspects of uh, intercollegiate athletics, um, and from an athletic department, from a, from an athletic director's perspective, uh, we had no better friend than Utah. Great insight from Steve Young, former BYU quarterback, NFL Hall of Famer, college football Hall of Famer. We know you'll be watching on September 21st, Steve. And by the way, I feel like I see you every day on ESPN. So all of you listening, tune into ESPN at any given time, and Steve Young may be on your television well, I screen. Tape it. I, tape it. I tape it from my office, uh, so it's easy. I just go, I go uh, you know... Half the time I'm, uh, I got my suit and tie on top. I'm like John uh, Clayton. I'm, 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 I got my, <laughs> with the uh, ponytail, and, and, I, and I've got the kids in the other room, you know, playing, uh, you know, pay, doing other things while I do this for 15 minutes. So it's really a nice thing. That I don't I hardly need to leave home, so it's kind of nice. Well, I think you've earned that. And if I had a time machine, Steve, I'd put you in it and send you back to Tampa Bay with a pistol offense in mind. <laughs> I, I, I would take the pistol. I don't know if I'd go back to Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Young, thanks so much for the time. Great thanks, talking guys. with you. Okay, see ya. Take care. Go Cougs. Absolutely. Can we get a rise and shout for Steve Young right there? That was fun. I loved his observations from Monday Night Football. So when you talk about, the, uh, he talked about pace. Chip Kelly said it's not necessarily about how fast we go. It's about the pace. And BYU, he's right, against Texas. They got into a rhythm. You don't have to go every play 12 or 14 seconds. It's... This play deserves to be a little quicker in between than that play did. We've got him on the heels. Let's go right now. Let's go quicker right now versus the last play. I, I like that observation a lot. Yeah, interesting stuff you said about BYU-Utah and that relationship that they were the best friend BYU had yeah. back in the WAC and, and in the earlier of the Mountain West Conference. He, he, he called them brothers. when I, I remember talking to Steve when they gathered the quarterbacks up for the first time. And right, it was right after BYU declared independence, um, and it was before the Washington game in 2010. Uh, and he talked a lot about that relationship. I also like what he talked about um, how ESPN, you know, signed up uh, BYU because for excitement. And BYU doesn't necessarily need to win every game, and that's kind of been what we've talked about this week. But they need to play exciting football. They need their defense needed to be good, but the offense needs to be really good so that fans tune in and want to watch BYU. So now we've had. Look, BYU just needs to win games to win, to have more national relevance. Trevor Maddich weighs in that way. Graham Watson says BYU needs star stars. power. Kyle Van Noy and now Steve Young says we need to be exciting on exciting television. Offense. We need an exciting offense. Yeah. So great perspective from three guys that see it outside the Utah bubble. Up next, BYU legend and former NFL Pro Bowler Chad Lewis joins the program to discuss BYU's passing offense and how to get the tight ends involved. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio with Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. Tomorrow night on BYU TV and BYU Radio, the sixth-ranked women's soccer team hosts UC Irvine at the stadium at Southfield. Cougars boast a 14-game home and beaten streak. Spencer Linton and Woo. Hugh Van Wagnon are on the call. And let's update the poll results for you. Uh, we've discussed uh, the following question in reference to Johnny Manziel and CBS's coverage of him. On Saturday, which BYU player or coach would you want a camera focused on throughout an entire game? And let me update the results here. Uh, Kyle Van Noy running away with it, 71%. Jamal Williams second in, with 14%. Uh, oh, Bronco Mendenhall just slightly ahead of Jamal, actually, right now. And then Taysom, just 2%. Taters, 2%. Bronco making a charge. 
Weigh in, BYUTVSports.com. Also, send us your thoughts. We just talked to Steve Young. Incredible stuff. Uh, he is a BYU Cougar through and through. And all that he does and all the NFL football he has to watch, he makes it a point to stay current and updated with the BYU Cougars. And uh, interesting to learn that he and Taysom Hill are now exchanging texts and uh, sending messages to each other. So, again, for me, as a fan, it makes me feel good to have to know that Steve Young is – at least talking to the current quarterback can't yeah. hurt. And and Steve had Jim McMahon to learn from, you know. And, and Taysom's now in this as a sophomore, and so good good to have former uh, former guys weigh in. Another former guy that we want to weigh in on this show, Chad Lewis, played tight end for BYU from '93 to '96 before a nine-year successful career in the NFL with the Eagles and Rams. He's currently an associate athletic director of BYU Over Development. We welcome Chad to BYU Sports Nation. Chad, first tell us, uh, on, on 9-11, we saw the picture that BYU Cougars tweeted out where you ran an American flag up to the top of the Y, which is uh, quite the hike. What was that experience like? That was good. It's great to be with you guys this morning. Uh, it's something I do each year on 9-11, um, but I do it with my dad, who had a stroke a wicked stroke in 1990, so his left side still experiences hemiparesis. So his he can walk, but it's very labored, and his left hand doesn't work very well at all. And so he's a tall, big man like me. It's hard to get his body up there. And so when we do it, it usually takes about three hours. It's a battle. The dude is a warrior. He's 71. He's my hero. Yeah. And we always take... My flag that was flown when I earned the rank of Eagle Scout, it was flown over the United States Capitol for some period one day, and then they sent it to me. And that's the flag we take up there. And last year we took a BYU flag as well, but I was so low this year because my dad, in preparation for this hike, was walking on his stairs. He was doing two and three at a time just to get pumped up for it and he kind of threw his back out and so he was not able to go with me well thank you for that uh sharing that experience chad lewis it's it was great to see that what makes our country so great on september 11th and then certainly uh, that was a great representation of that you have an interesting position with this byu athletic uh department you're heavily involved with several of the team's players and you get to watch from the sidelines so i'm going to ask you on saturday when you're watching the texas game what were your initial thoughts when you saw the final seconds roll off the clock 40-21 to 21 and realized that BYU had just run for 550 yards? I liked it. My, my pick that I told everyone about that week leading up to it was BYU 44, Texas 17. And I thought that for a lot of reasons. I, I love what the coaches have done. Bronco and Robert, they're, they're two tough dudes. And their week of practice, it was a knockdown, grind out, smash them up, let's go fight. And and Taysom, he's a he's a unique guy. I mean, he'd been told for a year, slide, don't get hurt, be careful. So we go to Virginia, <laughs> and I think that was in his mind. He's like, okay, I'll be careful, I'll slide, I'm not going to get hurt. Even when he had the option to run it, I think he gave it to Jamal a lot, and Jamal's a workhorse. He's he's one talented guy. And this game, I think Taysom said, look, this is who I am. This is how I play. Let me do my thing, and I'll talk to you all after the game, and we'll see how it works out. <laughs> and that thing is 259 rushing yards and three touchdowns. It's ridiculous. So he's, he's kind of abnormal. He has a body that's as fast as a DB. He has a body that's as big as a linebacker. He's got an incredible arm. It's very strong. And he's just a sophomore. 
I mean, when you think about Steve Young and Robbie Bosco, those guys were not playing as sophomores. It was it was Max Hall and it was Ty Demmer who got to play as sophomores, but very few guys here at BYU got to play that early. So here he is. He had a couple games of freshman. Now he's got two games as a sophomore. He's so young, and he's and he's tearing it up. And I love it. You know, just let him develop into who he's going to be and. And he, he's, he's one spectacular guy on and off the field. Chatting with Chad Lewis here on BYU Sports Nation, Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here in the uh, BYU Radio Studios. Chad, uh, right now the rush-to-pass ratio after two games, and it's early, and BYU put up 72 uh, rush play, uh, rushing attempts, carries against Texas. 6.4 every 10, 6.5 plays rush, 35 pass. Is that something we can expect the rest of the year, or do you think BYU will throw it a little bit more as as defenses stack the box? I think any coach is going to tell you, we're going to do what works. And in practice, they're going to have an equal amount of emphasis and focus on the passing game and the, and the run game. And obviously, to be a well-balanced team, we need to pass the ball better, and they're going to work very hard this week and next week and leading up to Utah to be able to do that. You can't be a one-trick pony. You can if you're going to rush that many yards that, that <laughs> yeah. many times. But what Taysom's going to find out at Utah is every time he hands the ball off to Jamal, there's going to be a dude in his face. And every time he keeps the ball, there's going to be a dude in his face. It's going to be a tough physical battle. They're going to force Taysom to throw the ball to beat him because they can see that Jamal and Taysom and others can run. And so we have to have our stuff buttoned down tight. We have to play with emotion, not crazy emotion. We have to we have to execute. So as I watch the games from the sidelines, I'm very encouraged by this team, by the coaching staff, by the effort, by their intelligence, by what they're trying to get done, by their toughness. And I'm also hopeful that Taysom and the receivers will be on, be on the same page at times. At times, he's thrown perfect balls and a receiver hasn't been there. At other times, there's been drops. In this offense, to get the tempo, to get the speed, to get the rhythm that will put a defense on its heels, you cannot bust assignments and you cannot drop the ball, either running the ball or catching the ball. And if you just catch it without any yaks, no yard after catch, just catch it. The defense is on their heels, and you as an offense are on the move. So that's what I'm looking for is is more efficiency and better execution, and I feel like it's coming. Chad, you were such an integral part of the BYU offense when you played as a Cougar. Um, The tight end has kind of disappeared for a little while. How does BYU implement the tight end passing game back in and, and do so in a hurry? That's a great question, and it's a different offense. It really is a different emphasis. The tight ends are used more as an inside or as a slot receiver. So it is not the traditional BYU offense where, you know, you're dropping back, you got a tight end, and you're going to hose it to them because it's an easy throw. They're close. They're big. It's a different style. I know from Robert and I's perspective that he would like – the tight ends to earn their chops, to earn it in practice, to earn it in the games, to fight for balls. And so I think through the course of the season, you're going to see the tight ends, especially Connie and Devin, catching a lot more passes. 
Chad, I think right now they're trying to find their way to getting there. At any point, have you had a discussion with those tight ends about leaping ability and potentially uh, hurdling defenders like you did when you were at BYU? I can't talk to those guys without encouraging them to jump over people. <laughs> no, Connie's big You tip this. That's right. Connie's, he's ran some people over, and I love it. He's a big body. He can move very fast. And the thing about the tight end that is so attractive to a quarterback is it's almost an extension. It's like horseshoes. You're so close. You can just shot put the ball to a tight end. He's a big dude. Let him just get running downhill and make something happen, either jump or run over someone or make a move. So I'm hopeful that that happens sooner rather than later. But when it happens, I want those big guys to be ready to do something spectacular. So I can't talk to them without talking about jumping, though. (laughs) Arkansas State was the other one, right? Did we miss any? There's UTEP, uh, there's Arkansas State. Were there any other hurdles that we missed, hurdle games? I think at BYU I did it 15 times. 15? Wow. So two, the very first game I did it was UTEP, and I did it That's twice. the poster the next year. Leap and Lewis. That's right. Yeah. And Arkansas and State was 96. I did it against uh, Colorado State there and here a couple times. I did it against Wyoming. I, some, and the, their linebacker caught me in midair on that one. It wasn't too effective. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and then the Arkansas State one, uh, Kansas State, that was a memorable one for me. Um, because after I jumped two guys – some big defensive lineman, he caught me downfield, and he just put a bear hug on me and about paralyzed me. <laughs> well, we're glad that you ended up okay, and we appreciate the time, Chad. Thanks for your insight on the uh, BYU offense and the tight ends and everything. Yeah, you're welcome. This is an exciting season. I'm very pumped to watch these guys play, and I'm excited for the Utah game. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks, Chad. You're welcome. Thanks. Chad Lewis, former Cougar great, NFL Pro Bowler, joining BYU Sports Nation. We remind you, the uh, you can catch this entire show on YouTube.com slash BYU Radio later this afternoon. Great stuff from Steve Young, and now great stuff from Chad Lewis. Coming up, how did soccer fare at Oregon last night? And your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Now, here's the Cougar Whip Around. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Let's whip it. Soccer. The sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer team tied Oregon 0-0 last night. BYU now 4-0-1 on the year. The Cougars will host UC Irvine on Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'll have that call with Hume Van Wagner. An additional bleacher was added to Southfield to accommodate the crowds of 5,000-plus, and they've done that two times in a row. Incredible atmosphere at Southfield. Check it out. Women's volleyball. Back set. Squires blocked. She recovers. Jardine will hand up to Godfrey. Now to Gray. Blocked and out of bounds. A fitting end to a great night for the sophomore from Canada. That was Spencer Linton last night on BYU TV as the Cougars defeated the Anteaters of UC Irvine last night in three sets thanks to a match-high 17 kills from Alexa Gray. You heard one of those a moment ago. BYU's now 6-3 and three on the season. BYU's next match is Tuesday at Utah, 7 p.m. local time, 9 Eastern, in the Huntsman Center on the Pac-12 Network. Tennis. The men's tennis team is hosting the Utah Fall Tennis Classic at the Outdoor Tennis Courts at BYU after day one. Four Cougar players and four doubles pairs advancing to the quarterfinals. Today's single competitions start at 10 a.m. locally and double start this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And that ends the Cougar Whip Around. I feel like we should play Devos. Crack that whip. 
It's been a tremendous show, a tremendous week uh, here in week two for BYU Sports Nation. Steve Young and Chad Lewis today. If you missed those interviews, make sure you check them out on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash BYU Radio. Uh, shortly, we'll have a downloadable podcast uh, on BYURadio.org as it uh, is getting close to finishing the revamp. And so I know people have asked about that. There will be that uh, soon. Monday. Uh, join us as we get ready for BYU in Utah. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us each Monday throughout the fall to talk uh, college football. So it should be great. Uh, we ramp up our coverage of BYU in Utah. Let's get you the final poll results. Which BYU player or coach would you want a camera focused on throughout an entire game? BYUTVSports.com. Final results look like this. Kyle Van Oy, 71%, followed by Jamal Williams, Bronco Mendenhall, and then Taters. Taysom Hill, just 3%. Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet. It's time we give a rise and shout. And it goes to BYU women's head volleyball coach Sean Olmsted for delivering on a sweep over UC Irvine last night, allowing Jerem to make his bedtime of 8.30. Huh? I've got plans at 8.30 tonight. The match starts at 7. Could I make it to that thing? I, I don't know what that thing is, but uh, I'm not going to go say that. I, I'm sorry, I can't do that. What, all I care about is winning a volleyball match. Again, that was yesterday talking with Coach Sean Olmstead uh, right after the Cougar whip around and, and discussing the volleyball game. And Jeremy, I said plans. I didn't say bedtime. He came through for you. He did. He did. I want. We wanted to uh, just give him a hard time. You hear one game at a time and all that. We wanted to bug him about sweeping UC Irvine. He delivered. Oh, he they, absolutely they did. They swept him. You were there. That's the fun thing about call, uh, calling all the volleyball matches. It could be an hour and 15 minutes. It could be two and a half. You could get out of there quick. Yeah. You I, got out of there quick. I wasn't night. complaining about a, a sweep last night over the Anteaters. Also, the Anteaters, great, great mascot, but not quite as good as UC Santa Cruz. The banana slugs. The banana slugs. Yeah. All right, we're down to 60 seconds, people, here on a Friday, special Friday the 13th edition of BYU Sports Nation. Again, check out interviews with Steve Young uh, and Chad Lewis. They'll be available in a couple of hours on BYU Radio's YouTube channel. And very quickly, Jerem, some more tweets. I have to go back to one yesterday. Someone tweeted in and said, so when did BYU Sports Nation hire on JD from Scrubs, uh, the actor Zach Braff? And I didn't Jerem, even know who they were that, that is your doppelganger, my Isn't friend. It? You are Zach Braff. Yours, someone else said uh, Jasper from Twilight for you. Oh. <laughs> you know the kids? Any reference to Twilight? I used to go to the church with kids in Palm Springs, and, and they would cover their necks when I walked around them. <laughs> That's great. Oh, goodness. Big thanks to our guests, Steve Young, Chad Lewis, everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller, and Spencer King and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out archived episodes of the show on BYU Radio's YouTube channel every afternoon. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.